Good afternoon, Steeler Nation. This is Rudy Rude Dog Reyes on the RudeDogShow.com. This afternoon, I have a very special guest of all guests, and obviously a pleasure to interview. This is the newest Pittsburgh Steeler enshrined into the Hall of Fame in Canada, Ohio. Welcome, the bus, Jerome Bettis. How are you, Jerome? I am great. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, and happy birthday, by the way. You turned 42, February 16th. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's one of those, you start forgetting the the uh, the, the age at, at some point. No, it's, uh, it, it, was, it was great to have a birthday. I got an opportunity, actually, on my birthday to visit the the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and that was a, a great birthday gift uh, to be able to take my family there and let my kids see um, where where their father is going to be enshrined. Absolutely. No better place to do that than the halls of Canton. And today is Le'Veon Bell's birthday, just as a side note there. Happy birthday, Le'Veon, if you're listening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not only that, but the Combine opened today in Indianapolis. So always... Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's a... I, I remember my time there. Uh, you know, it's a great time for all those guys because it's you know their dream is to get to the NFL, and and that's the first step on the path uh, of getting to the NFL. You know, these guys have a lot to prove, have a lot to show, and they're going to put it on display. So speaking speaking of putting it on display, in '95, the passing offense was thought of as sincerely on display in 1995 with the Rams. You didn't seem to like that a whole lot. As a matter of fact, you wanted to acquire more carries. You were accustomed to doing that in St. Louis. Obviously, there was a conversation you had with the coaching staff and ownership. You were asked to move to fullback heading into the following season. You didn't appear it was to your liking very much. And then in turn, there was an option given to you if you wanted to be traded. And you took that option. You knew you had the skills and ability to move forward to another team in the NFL that could utilize your talent set. In 96, you had a dispute with the Rams, and you considered retirement early. Why would you consider retirement when there was so much left to be played? You're a very gifted and talented athlete. There had been well, lots well, of stuff on display for you. Well, the, 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 the thing was, I wasn't happy. And I played the game for the love of the game. I didn't play, you know, for financial reasons or anything. I played because I loved, I loved and enjoyed the game. And that love was being was being killed and destroyed um, uh, with the Rams, and so I told them that I was not going to come back. And so what I did right after the season ended, I enrolled back at Notre Dame uh, because I wanted to to get ready for life after football. And so they knew I was serious, uh, and I was committed to 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 not playing again if they were going to force my hand, uh, so they gave me permission to seek a trade, and that's when uh, my agent and the Steelers worked out uh, a trade possibility, and the Rams ultimately uh, agreed to it, and that's how I became a, a Pittsburgh Steeler. You know, you have had a very storied career, and obviously the remainder of it would be left in Pittsburgh. You remember Three River Stadium. Everything was so grand about that stadium and your play there at the time. How do you believe it shaped the remainder of your NFL career, knowing that the Rams had stated that you were too slow and that you couldn't get the carries that you knew you could get? Well, it did. You know, it, it made no impact on me. I, I had I'd known uh, my abilities. Uh, I 
obviously with the Rams, my first year, I was the rookie of the year. Uh, two of the three years, I went to Pro Bowls. So I, I knew that, that um, the success, you know, was there. It was just going to the right system and, and being appreciated. And that's exactly what happened when I got to Pittsburgh. Uh, it, was, it was a perfect system for me. Uh, and they loved having big running backs. So it, it really set up to, to my advantage uh, coming to Pittsburgh. And the rest is history. After I got here, um, I, you know, I had some huge years. And, and the great part for me was that the first year back, we got a chance to play the Rams. And um, I, I, went, I went for a 50-yard touchdown run uh, in, right in front of the same coach who said I wasn't slow enough to be a game-breaker. Well, you've showed time and time again. As a matter of fact, 2005 went up against the Chicago Bears linebacker Brian Urlacher. That picture is forever embedded in, in Steeler fans' minds across the world. It was a heavy snow game. You scored three touchdowns during the win against Detroit. There was the last game of the season. You led the NFL at that point fifth all-time. And by the end of the season, you were, you were rolling. At that point in your career... And on that specific play against Brian Urlacher, how were you able to shed that would-be tackle? Well, you know, you know, during the course of a game, you never really think about one play that kind of impacts your career uh, like that one play did. You know, you go into that play and all you're thinking about is trying to score a touchdown. And you don't even realize, you know, who it was. I, I didn't even realize it was Brian Urlacher. Uh, that I was going through to get to the touchdown. I was just trying to, you know, get the touchdown. So, you know, it's it's incredible how a play can kind of take a life on its own. Um, but I, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I never thought it was second nature just to try to score a touchdown. So I was fighting and clawing trying to, uh, you know, get every yard possible because we needed to win that game uh, to get to the playoffs. And, and that was my thought. And, and, you know, in retrospect, looking at it now, it's probably the one play that, that kind of, you know, signifies my career uh, and really explains it all in, in one play, uh, that play. So it was a special play. Special to, to say the very least. I'm going to ask you about Thanksgiving Day, Jerome, because that was a call heard around the world taking place against Detroit uh, in, your, in your hometown referee Phil Luckett it clearly had misheard you and stated that tails was called after the game your post thought was I can't believe that I don't believe that that's the biggest bunch of nonsense in the world what did you call on that play I, I, I said tails I mean he thought I said heads um, but you know it is what it is and you, know, you look at it on the tape uh, and you see it uh, it was just disappointing that it happened, but there, you know, before that, there was no protocol for something like that. Now, you know, they've changed the rule, uh, and but before that, they, you, what did you do? So um, when we had that discrepancy, it was it was terrible because you know they gave the ball to the Lions. The Lions went down, scored a touchdown. We lose that game, and Coach Cowher after that game, he fired me from the coin toss. So. That was the last time I got a chance to call a coin toss as well. <laughs> that is probably more commonly known as the Bettis rule now, now that that had transpired yeah. <laughs> on your <laughs> Looking, Looking a little bit further back here, but not too far, 
The Steelers did an early postseason playoff run, uh, had not finding themselves in that position the last two years. And here they are embarking on a new season. Obviously, the combine opened today. The draft definitely looming. Moving forward, in your professional opinion, you play the game, you know the game, you love the game, you live the game. What necessary players do you believe the Steelers would need to acquire uh, heading into looking at the scouting, uh, looking at combine players, non-combine players, and D2 players moving forward? Well, I, I think, you know, you definitely want to look at, you know, somebody, you know some guys on the defensive side. You want to look at the defensive line. Uh, I, I still think you could definitely utilize, uh, you know, a pass rusher, uh, a pass rushing outside linebacker. Uh, you're going to have to find one there uh, if you lose worlds. Uh, and also, I think you got to address the secondary. you got to look for somebody there in the secondary that can come and be an impact player uh, in your secondary. You know, one of the one of the biggest issues for the Steelers in recent memory has been the secondary. Obviously, Ike Taylor, I don't foresee re-signing. Um, Troy Polamalu is still uncertain, but I believe he'll get a one-year vet minimum. Based on Antoine Blake's play, came up very big. Bryce McCain, another big-time player. Do you believe, based on what you've seen this past season, that they would just need to shore up that secondary and be able to solidify against long passes? Yeah, I think that's definitely an area that they, you know, they, they can solidify. But you also need to get you know pressure on the quarterback. So you want to look at that the defensive line and, and the outside linebackers. You want to make sure you're getting that pass rush because. The last thing you want to do is put those guys in that secondary on an island back there. You want to give them a chance to compete for the ball. So you got to get that quarterback under some pressure. So you got to get the defensive line. I believe uh, that's uh, that's an area of concern as well. One of the biggest issues, obviously, is Deflate Gate. And I seen you on ESPN. You were basically catching the balls. You were on the receiving end. You guys had nailed it in regards to which ball was overinflated, underinflated. Obviously, the situation is not going away anytime soon. There was a discussion in regards to another incident where the punt ball was also deflated. And you had stated at one media outlet that you don't believe this is going away anytime soon. Why do you believe that to be true? Because, I mean, we've got balls that were deflated. I mean, that's what it boils down to. They have, they have to answer to that. Uh, and until they can answer for that, this issue is not going away. It speaks to the integrity of the game. So I don't believe it's going to go away until we have a clear understanding of what actually happened. Until um, the Patriots uh, disclose that, we're going to be waiting. Who knows, we could be waiting a lot longer than we really need to, just like with Spygate. I think they're going to have some asterisks uh, in this Super Bowl, to be specific. Going back to, apparently uh, Greg Lloyd had some words in regards to Jarvis Jones' play. I had a chance to meet Jarvis Jones this past Steelers training camp, and I had asked him if his ability to play is going to be on display, and he said, yes, he will be good. What are your professional thoughts about what Greg Lloyd had to say about Jarvis Jones? Unfortunately, I haven't I haven't read what, um, what he said about him. Well, he no basically idea. yeah he uh, basically said that um, he needed to be involved more so with the offense, being becoming a sack master or sack man Jones, as he liked to refers to himself as. I believe Jarvis Jones is that impact player. Uh, he had made some very key stops against teams like like the Jaguars, where he had multiple sacks coming off the edge. I, I believe he'll be a lot better. But definitely an article worth worth reading. So, with that being said, 
Jerome, I, I want to sincerely thank you for your time. It has been a serious pleasure being able to spend it with you. Your career has been solid, exciting, extremely worthwhile from all aspects from your early days at Notre Dame. And then being cut by the Rams, which fatefully landed you in Pittsburgh, which was probably one of the best situations ever that you could have found yourself in, and probably any other player for that matter. Lastly, how can people get involved in the uh, Jerome Bettis Bus Stops Here Foundation? Um, you know, all they have to do is to to go online and, and, and go to the bus stops here, uh, dot com and they can you know read up on all the information that we have there online and and come out and support. We've got a, a bowling event uh, that's coming up on March the twenty sixth. It's our second annual uh, Bowl with the Bus uh, bowling event. It's going to be from 6 to 7 uh, o'clock. It's going to take place at Latitude 360 uh, at uh, 200 Quinn Drive in, in Pittsburgh out by out by the airport. So it's going to be a great opportunity to help the Bus Stops Here Foundation uh, and also help the, uh, the underserved community uh, in Pittsburgh. You know, again... Thank you very much for that. Everybody needs to get involved in this. This is a worthwhile event. Please go support those children that have asthma and asthmatic symptoms. Jerome has been doing this a very long time. I definitely uh, need any support that the people that are listening to right now could give to it. I wish you the absolute best, Jerome, in everything that you do from this point forward, including watching the Steelers versus the Vikings, a Hall of Fame game coming up August 9th. So with that being said, I want to thank you very much. Well, no, thank you. I I really I appreciate that, and, and I thank you for all the, uh, the the great words. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Jerome. You have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank, thank you. you. You too.